For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Hello, very good morning. It's Mick Mulcahy in for Neil Prendeville, 11 minutes past nine. Wetter warning. Half the country put on rain alert with dangerous conditions and roads. The Irish Daily Mirror today uh, has it that uh, Med Aaron urged hundreds of thousands of people to be very wary of dangerous conditions amid torrential rainfall, especially drivers, of course. But residents across half the country were yesterday put under warnings by the Weather Service. Rainfall in excess of 50 millimetres, two inches, is expected over the uh, complete 24-hour period. Now, motorists and pedestrians have been told to exercise extra caution by the Road Safety Authority. A status orange rain warning is in place for Cork and Waterford until today at 6pm, with a status yellow alert in over 11 counties. So if you're travelling today and you're in any of these counties, please take extra care. They are Carlow, Dublin, Kerry, Kildare, Kilkenny, Leash, Limerick, Offaly, Tipperary, Wexford and Wicklow. Matt Aaron said for Cork and Waterford, persistent and heavy rain will lead to localised flooding, poor visibility and difficult travelling conditions. Watch out for excess water on the roads if you're driving. Uh, Back to Libya. We spoke about it yesterday. Uh, Finding it hard to get through to anybody uh, in Libya. If any of our listeners has somebody who may be prepared to bring us up to speed uh, uh, as to the situation on the ground there, we'd love to hear from them. Uh, The new toll in Libya, floods disaster, could hit 20,000. Uh, I said that uh, yesterday when it was only 5,000 because if you look at any of the TV coverage, uh, it's pretty harrowing stuff. The death toll from the Libya floods disaster could reach 20,000 officials warned yesterday. Thousands of victims have already been buried in mass graves in the port city of Derna amid claims many could have been saved with better warning systems. The Libyan Red Crescent last night said the death toll in the city has soared to 11,300 with hundreds more confirmed dead across eastern Libya. Search teams are continuing to scour the area after Storm Daniel caused devastating floods in many eastern towns on Sunday night. Derna residents said they heard loud explosions as two dams on the city's outskirts collapsed. Flood waters then washed down Wadi Derna, uh, a valley that cuts through the city, crumbling buildings and washing people literally out to sea. Thousands of people remain missing, said Osama Ali, a spokesman for an ambulance centre in eastern Libya. Uh, Derna Mayor Abdi Monim said uh, that the final tally in the city could hit 20,000, given the number of neighbourhoods that were literally washed out. No unit disbanded. Ministers, this is the big headline on the front of the Echo, Ministers pledge on community policing. Garda Commissioner Drew Harris and Justice Minister Helen McEntee have both pledged that community policing is a priority for Angarda Siakona uh, following concerns raised in Cork. Uh, we raised them on this programme as well because it did look like a paper shuffle that they would actually appear to be community guardy on paper but redeployed in actuality uh, to other duties which would negate their ability to be community guarder. But anyway, the Commissioner and Justice Minister were speaking in Cork at the official reopening of a fully refurbished Rathcoma Garda station yesterday. Concerns have been raised in recent weeks that the reintroduction of the Garda roster established in 2012 and used before the COVID pandemic would see the role of community guardy diminished or even lead to the uh, disbanding of community policing units. However, yesterday the Justice Minister moved to allay concerns, saying she'd been assured that no unit will be disbanded, no unit will be completely closed. 
the devil's in the detail there, uh, the word completely. No unit will be disbanded. No unit will be completely closed. There will obviously, in order to make up the fifth unit, be members taken from right across the various different sections, said uh, Miss McEntee. But this is about making sure we have our guardie working where they need to be at the time they need to be, that we have the visibility on the ground and that, of course, includes community policing. Positive trends, meanwhile, and the guards will be delighted with this, in city crime stats, uh, property crimes in Cork City is up to 21% this year, but the chief superintendent of the Cork City Division said positive trends indicate hard work by guardie is having an impact. Uh, chief superintendent Tom Myers revealed the latest crime figures for his division at the Joint Policing Committee, uh, JPC, meeting this week. So some positive trends there in crime stats here in Cork. Uh, Staying with the Echo, a woman stole bank cards from a sleeping hospital patient. Uh, Liam Halen reporting that a hospital patient had two bank cards stolen from her bedside, uh, from her bedside locker, as she slept uh, in a crime that the sentencing judge described as particularly mean. Lisa Lenehan pleaded guilty to this and other thefts at Cork District Court yesterday, where Judge Olin Kelleher jailed her for six months. Uh, Sergeant John Kelleher said that on August 2nd at Mercy University Hospital, a patient reported the theft of her two bank cards while she had been sleeping. The patient was in St. Catherine's Ward uh, as a surgical patient and woke to find her two bank cards, including a Revolut card, had been stolen while she slept. Lenehan had been observed loitering on the ward earlier. She admitted to Gardy when questioned she'd taken the two cards while there was a patient, uh, while there as a patient at the accident and emergency unit. On July 25th, the same defendant, who was 35 and living in Cork Simon community, was involved in another theft, says the Echo. Uh, this time she stole a tip jar from the counter of a deli on Princess Street and placed it in her handbag as she waited to be served a cup of tea. To the Irish Independent and the botulism tragedy, a couple were due to go on honeymoon. Uh, a Mayo man whose wife died after they both contracted botulism during a Rugby World Cup weekend in Bordeaux uh, was due to go uh, on honeymoon. The woman who's from Greece was initially discharged from hospital before her condition deteriorated. Her husband still in ICU in Paris, while a Monaghan friend who dined with the couple in uh, Bordeaux is being treated in uh, Barcelona, having obviously travelled on. The family are distraught after a brand new bride uh, dies and uh, her husband has been admitted to ICU. An Irishman uh, whose wife died after they both contracted botulism during a Rugby World Cup weekend. A relative told the Independent the family were absolutely distraught. Goodbye and good luck. Ryanair chief lets fly uh, on and says Orti as a station should get rid of rubbish uh, like Joe. Joe's getting a hard time of it here this week. Anyway, Michael O'Leary has urged cash-strapped RTE to ditch a lot of its rubbish to make savings, starting with Liveline host Joe Duffy. The outspoken Ryanair chief described the troubled national broadcaster as overstaffed and badly run. He actually, uh, in a little dig at uh, Aer Lingus, said they ran like Aer Lingus was ran in the 1980s. It comes as new Late Late Show host Patrick Keelty revealed Ryan Tuberty reached out to him with a good luck message ahead of his debut on the show tonight. But Michael O'Leary is making the headlines, as he always tends to do, uh, and he does so cheaply and with great effect. Uh, when I say cheaply, I don't mean he takes cheap shots, though some would say he does. But he always seems to have an innate knack of uh, garnering column inches 
with these statements. When asked how he would turn around the scandal-stricken public broadcaster, the airline CEO claimed RTE is badly run. He said there's a lot of rubbish in there and needs to be cleaned out. Uh, RTE is a bit like Aer Lingus, used to be in the 80s. You know, it's probably overstaffed and it's extremely uh, and certainly badly run. Would I like to see RT survive? Yes, clearly. I think the news area in RT does a very good job. But there's a lot of areas in RT that, frankly, uh, if it disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't lose too much sleep. When asked to elaborate on his statement, he listed Joe Duffy's Live Line, the Louise Duffy Show, and reruns of EastEnders as the top of his chopping block if he'd a choice, but was full of praise for others including Claire Byrne. He said, watching EastEnders and repeats of Joe Duffy's religious programmes and Liveline, that would be a good starting point. But, you know, I think if you look at the Claire Byrne programme in the morning, it's terrific, and Morning Ireland is a great radio programme. He went on to heap praise uh, on rival stations and former Late Late Show host Pat Kenny. Um, Robbed Tourist is hoping for $100,000 in welcomes. A second GoFundMe is set up to move to the west of Ireland. Uh, bashed US tourist set up, sets up his own donation page as the public ask for Sun to return money. Uh, this um, initial story was making most of the news yesterday. The US tourist assaulted in Dublin has now set up his own online fundraiser as outrage grows over one his son made. Following the exclusive yesterday that Stephen Termini hadn't received a cent of the $130,000, €122,000 raised by his son on the website GoFundMe. The Buffalo, New York native has now set up his own account on the fundraising website asking for $100,000. Mr. Termini's son, Mike Rizzuto, had set up a previous fund uh, which featured thousands of donations from well-wishers, many of whom we now understand have formally complained to GoFundMe and want their money back. Their complaints come after Mr. Rizzuto told... Uh, newspapers. He wasn't on speaking terms with his father, who was brutally beaten and left fighting for life after a horrific assault uh, near Dublin's Talbot Street. Now, I don't know the detail of the GoFundMe. Uh, did he allude to the fact it was for his father's well-being? He did say it would uh, take care of some treatments, but now he seems to be saying, no, that was just for us uh, to defray our expenses and travelling to see him. Uh, not sure why he'd want to see uh, his dad if his dad isn't talking to him, but there you go. Uh, a builder accused of chainsaw damage on extension floor. A tradesman, 32 years of age, claims he was not paid for work. And pictured, uh, we covered this story before on the show, actually. This is from uh, today's Irish Daily Mirror. This is the builder who allegedly used a chainsaw to cause significant damage to an extension he built after he claimed he was not paid for his work. Dominic Darcy is alleged to have uh, acted after a threat to tear the roof off the extension if he did not receive the money within half an hour. Darcy appeared again before Swords District Court yesterday, accused of causing criminal damage to a house in Abbeyvale Way in Swords in North County Dublin on the 9th of August. It's alleged he damaged two skylight windows and cut the roof using a saw uh, at the property. Darcy first appeared before Dublin District Court on the 10th of August, the day after the alleged incident. That hearing, I was told, a Garda had spoken to Mr. Darcy by phone on August 8th and advised him how to deal with an ongoing civil dispute. The court heard Darcy was informed if he acted in the manner he was allegedly threatening to, it would be a criminal offence, even though he claims he wasn't paid. Uh, The judge was told that the next day, Darcy contacted the homeowner and said if he didn't receive payment within 30 minutes, he would tear tear the roof off the extension. It's then alleged at 1.45pm, 
Darcy enter the property at Abbey Vale Way through a locked side gate, climbed onto the boundary wall and used a chainsaw to cause significant damage to the roof. He met with the prosecuting Garda by appointment later that day and was arrested and charged. And uh, yesterday, Judge Kieran Liddy was informed uh, directions from the Director of Public Prosecutions have not, have not yet been received uh, and he's going to appear in court again on the 9th of November. Um, the bad news, of course, for borrowers and mortgage holders uh, comes on the front of the mail today. ECB raises interest rates to 4.5%, the highest in 24 years. Mortgage holders are facing more pain as the European Central Bank raised its interest rates yesterday to their highest in the euro's 24-year history. A quarter of borrowers, 178,000 people in Ireland are on tracker rates, so we'll see the repayments rise almost immediately as the bank increased its base rate to a record 4.5%. Since the current round of increases started in July last year, interest rates have now risen 10 times as the ECB continues its battle to bring inflation back to 2%. It's down from 10% to 5%, so you would think it's got enough momentum to go back down to 2%. Uh, and I wonder, are they over-penalising here and over-correcting? Uh, will we see a reversal in the near future? That's happened before. But markets and economists expect the policy-tightening move to be the ECB's last and now anticipate a lengthy pause, followed by rate cuts in the second half of next year. So that's not very speedy. But ECB President Christine Lagarde uh, did not rule out more rate increases, referring to the ECB's target to get inflation back to 2% which is not expected to happen until 2025. Ms Lagarde said, we will do everything we have to do in order to deliver on our mandate. Uh, Prepay Power, by the way, has said it's going to be cutting energy prices. I mentioned this yesterday on the programme. From November, the move comes after Ireland's uh, largest pay-as-you-go energy provider significantly increased its prices twice in 2022. The company claims that dual fuel customers can now expect to save just uh, over €400 a year based on typical usage patterns. Did I hear in the news that 895 a year could be saved? Look into Flowgas uh, if you are uh, looking to switch and if your contract is coming to a close. And of course, the advice is always now, every 12 months at the end of your contract, renegotiate as a new customer. You often get, in fact, you almost always get um, the better deals. That's a whole other story. This was everywhere last night on social media. A crater found uh, on a beach has turned out to be a huge sandpit. It was reported on TV on Wednesday that the mysterious hole on Dublin's Port Marnock Strand may have been caused by a meteorite, but it emerged yesterday. It was dug with a child's toy shovel by Charlie Wallace, Peter McAvoy and Chris Flood. A photo of the three pals at the hole was shared online with the comment, Lads, I'm in bits. Virgin Media News is after reporting on a hole that could be the aftermath of a cosmic event. Some fellas literally dug it the day before with a kid's shovel. The way a man was talking about the rock being an asteroid had me in tears. Local astrophysics enthusiast Dave Kennedy told Virgin Media News, about a month ago I was watching a NASA documentary on exactly what you're looking at. So when I looked at it and how uniform it is, I knew immediately I was looking at an impact site. However, Virgin Media has since reported the mystery has been solved. It's a rock in a hole dug by three guys with three plastic shovels. And I'm hoping to talk to one or two of the hole diggers between now and uh, 12 midday. Italian 90 shirts are on sale. Do you remember the day 
Uh, do you remember the times? Do you remember that goal? Uh, was it David O'Leary stood up to take the final penalty and we were all going, oh no. Uh, anyway, it all worked out so well. It's stripped down memory lane. Uh, Italian 90 shirt sale from Ireland. Uh, Andy Townsend shirt from Cameroon. Emmanuel Kunde. Uh, Giuseppe Gianni from Italy and so on. Uh, but the Townsend jersey is top among Italian fans. Andy Townsend's Italian 90 World Cup jersey is among items being auctioned for nearly €300,000 in, uh, clear, uh, in a clear-out by a mystery England player. A footballer selling seven football shirts from the tournament 33 years ago, including uh, Andy's green jersey and one from the third-place playoff. If you're a fan of Roy Keane, there's a very funny piece where they're on about jersey swapping, and um, he turns around to Gary Neville. Gary has a big collection of swapped jerseys, and Keane says something on the line says... And the other players don't think got a good deal getting your jersey, did they? Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Now then, it is Friday and so it is Neil Prendeville Show Free Food Friday with Roosters, Piri Piri and Douglas and Blackpool. Text or WhatsApp saying who you are, where you work and why you want us to pick you. And we will feed 15 people with a selection of starters consisting of chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers, mains including chicken wraps, chicken pitas and beef burgers as Homer Simpson goes... All meats are basted in their famous medium piri-piri sauce. They're also going to throw in piri-salted fries, rice, waffle fries, portions of piri-mayo, garlic piri-mayo, and a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, uh, Kinder pieces, and Nutella with which you can design and build your own cheesecake. Check it all out at roosterspiripiri.com and they are available uh, if you want to walk in and sample it. Uh, today, if you feel like you mightn't win, not many people will win. Only one person will win, and one group of people you can always uh, sample uh, in person in Douglas and in Blackpool. That is with uh, Roosters Piri Piri. Uh, get texting now. The number, by the way, is oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. It's a text um, competition. Tell us who you are, where you work, and why you want us to pick you. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Now, Steph Fogarty, Miss Gay Ireland, and Miss Gay Cork joined us yesterday in anticipation of a big turnout at the uh, Chamber's protest last night. Uh, so let's get an update on that. Good morning to you, Steph. Good morning. How are we? Uh, good. I'd say there's a few sick heads around this morning, are there? Oh, I, I need all the strepsils. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it was great. I was amazed at the turnout because of the inclement weather. Yeah, no, it just goes to show rain or shine, we'll be there, like. Yeah. So yeah. how how did it all go? Was it a great turnout? Uh, it was incredible. I it was actually very emotional for quite a lot of people um, to see that much support. Um, I'd easily say there was well over a thousand, nearly two thousand people. I'd say, um, and it was just it was beautiful to see so many people kind of walking past and giving us support as well. Um, but I just want to say a huge well done to the Pride Committee because they brought all the Pride flags for people who didn't have any. And they kind of supplied the drag queens with umbrellas so their hair and makeup wouldn't get ruined. <laughs> All right, let's have a listen to the uh, assembly. I don't know what they're saying, but they sound like they mean it anyway. Um, yeah, they're saying we're here to stay. You can't paint the gay away. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so where where does all of this leave you, Steph? Um, okay, the protest had a great turnout.
people all around the mm-hmm. courthouse. Uh, great venue mm-hmm. for a kind of a display protest, isn't it? And, and yeah, obviously, it was, it was uh, your intention was to have it peaceful, which it was. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and the Gardaí had a presence as well, and that was very much appreciated. Okay. And you know. uh, somebody reckoning, as you said, there were, there were up to 2,000 people there. Um, Roughly, what happened yeah. afterwards? Where did the party all move to, or all different directions? Um, what? All different, all different directions than any other venue other than Merchants. Um, <laughs> but it was great because everyone kind of dispersed around the 10, half 10 line. You know, we didn't want to stay there and end up provoking anything. So everyone was actually very respectful and very respectful of the Gardaí. And it was just, it was, it was really wonderful. And to see a lot of younger LGBT people who had never actually been involved in anything like this, you could see the emotions on them as well. Because these are people who may not have been old enough for the marriage equality referendum, you know, and that like it it leaves you speechless when you feel like you're completely alone in a minority group. And then to realize I'm standing here in a majority of thousands of people and my voice is being heard along with them. And it was just it it really was. It was a a gorgeous display. It was colorful. It was fun. We were singing. We were dancing. um, And it was just it was really respectful. So we is, is, there, is there a feeling like I'm now only a minority of one in a group of thousands like me? In a way, yeah, it it really gives you a sense of belonging when you can gather in something like that. Because, I mean, Pride itself originally started as a protest, you know, when you look at the Stonewall riots and stuff. So for younger people who have never been involved in anything like that to actually be part of it, it, it can be kind of life-changing for some people. It can encourage a lot of people to get into politics and to use their voice and use their vote, you know, and that's that's a wonderful thing to encourage people to use that. Can I be the devil's um, advocate and ask you, why isn't the whole pride thing a little more understated now? You've all got what you wanted. You've, you've all got the equality. You've all got, the, you know, the equal marriage rights and everything but else. We ha- but we, we've gotten marriage equality, but we haven't gotten equality as a whole. Okay. I mean, if you look at even like the um, IVF stuff that was released, there was no same-sex couples included in that, you know, through the government funding side of things. So there's still inequality there. There's still there's still homophobia there. There's still hatred there. I mean, even last night, as wonderful as the protest was, we still had people driving past screaming slurs at us. Like, you know, it was mm. it was still very visible that people had issues and people a lot of people to be fair didn't go into the venue because we were across the road but the ones who were going into the venue were making gestures at us they were being quite like trying to intimidate a group of 2,000 people which does not work but to be fair the guy he pulled everyone who was trying to kind of get a rise out of the group so again that was so so very much appreciated Yeah but I, I, I suppose with feelings running high in your group as they would have mm-hmm. been because you know you're trying to yeah. state your position um, you wouldn't yeah. have been too far away from from turning on someone who was, if, let's say, particularly offensive. No, we were, to be fair, we're very controlled in that sense because the second you rise to aggression, you lose your point. And that was spread throughout social media before the protest even began, that we do not engage with negativity. We do not engage with people trying to intimidate. It's like water on a duck's back. Let it go and stay with your majority and stay with what's going. Do you know who was the greatest exponent of what you just spoke about there? Uh, a young Indian lawyer called Mohandas K. Gandhi, who turned into the Mahatma, mm-hmm. the great man. Mm-hmm. Always peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it, like if you can, sorry. Go yeah, go on. Off you go. <laughs> no, I was just saying, if you can protest peacefully, it makes your voice heard a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where where do you guys go from here? You don't now have. 
Uh, and, and people... We don't... We had textures, by the way, Steph, yesterday saying, what's the safe mm. spot? How can a bar be a safe spot? There's no bar in the world that's a safe spot when people of different temperaments are imbibing alcohol. Uh, any bar could be a dangerous place. Yes, any bar can be a dangerous space, but a safe space is something unique to itself. It's an environment where your rights are protected. You know, it's where you can go in and be yourself without being discriminated against. It's, for example, if if I wanted to be in there kissing a partner, I shouldn't have to be standing there and someone being, oh my God, look at them taking pictures and kind of encroaching on my personal space and trying to grope me and trying to weasel their way in, trying to chance their luck, you know. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of a lot of queer people experience that, and especially a lot of queer women, we get the unwanted sexual attention from a lot of straight men, um, or a lot of straight men who be like, "Oh, I can change your mind or give it a go. You might enjoy it." You know, these things that they wouldn't say to, like, you wouldn't say that to anyone else. Yeah. You know. So where where do you guys go from here? I I, I believe um, that you know you know you now have no collective safe space to go. Uh, there, there must be a lot of welcoming places if two thousand of you dispersed. Or most of you dispersed into into there party is, mode last night. Is. By the way, the queens who were on me yesterday, and not yeah. Well, we we've got one now, but let's say we've been trying for an hour to wake them up. <laughs> well, to be fair, they had a very like they all had to get ready yesterday, and getting ready in drag takes hours. Like I'm in a, I do drag as well, so I'm a drag king, and queens have to take twice as long as I do to get ready. So I mean that in itself is exhausting, but. Like I, as I was saying last night, I'm built to protest and I'm built to rally. I have a set of lungs on me. Like I don't need a megaphone. I'm all good. But for a lot of people, that was a lot. That was very overwhelming last night. Even as lovely as it was, it was quite overwhelming. And it can be quite upsetting that in this day and age, we actually have to kind of fight for our existence in a space that was supposed to be ours anyway. Yeah, not another gay hour on the Neil Prandeville show. See, I'm getting stick as well. <laughs> Do you know what? It's better a gay hour than a trauma hour, you know? But this this is meant to be a safe spot for everybody. Uh, this is meant to be the platform yeah, where the people of Cork can vent their spleen, as it were, uh, and ask for advice and ask for help. And, and uh, I think the programme's been very good in that regard down the year. And I hope we can it continue to be good to you guys. Oh, yeah. And the way I see it, look, everyone has opinions. That's completely fair. I have opinions on things that may not line up with other people's opinions. But if you can be respectful and understanding and expressing your opinions, there's a very big difference. You know, I mean, that's what we did last night. We were expressing something and we did it in a peaceful manner. You know, it's very different when it turns aggressive and when it turns nasty, because then you lose you lose your point. You lose what you were fighting for. And the thing is, we were all so passionate last night and we were all so we were full of hope and love because of the amount of people who were supporting us. People driving around in loops because they couldn't park their cars. So they were driving around and just beeping with us. You know, um, we we had city council people driving past and beeping. We had um, a couple of um, councillors show up. So. Uh, McBarry was there, McNugent was there and it was absolutely wonderful to see local TDs kind of standing there with us. You know, it it meant a lot because it means that something is being heard. Look, it may take a while for us to get somewhere, but I know GoFundMe has been set up to try and even rent a space that we can keep as kind of something for us and inclusive and just 
just whole mm. and safe. Yeah, um, I, I'm not very much up on this subject, right? But some would say mm-hmm. that uh, the LGBTQ plus movement have been in some way cheapened by the woke brigade. Um, and, and this is an American comment I read, uh, you know, since the advent of, of, of Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney. Is, it near, 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 is there an overlap here? Is it near, near the twain shall meet? Um, you know, there, there are fringes on both sides of any community that... Uh, are are a little radical. Has has the woke movement done you you any favors? Um, like the people who are on the extremes have their opinions. Like I said, but like nine times out of ten, people just want average. You know, we don't want to go to the extremes. We just want a space. Mm. We just want to feel safe. Like for me, it's I am heartbroken because the only place I feel comfortable going clubbing and going dancing. And I'll tell you this, I'm a hell of a dancer, you know, (laughs) and to not have access to a space where I can dance and just be myself. It's heartbreaking, but you kind of have to align yourself in what helps your community, you know, and going to a space like that and supporting a space like that right now is not going to be beneficial for my community. It's going to send it backwards. Yeah. Steph, you've you've been very eloquent on on the whole thing. I want to take another call. You sound like you're on a building site. Me, oh, that's them. I live by the army barracks and they're building a building inside <laughs> the barracks. So sorry. I was going to say, is, is Miss Gay Ireland, Miss Gay Cork bricklaying right now? And what would be the you harm if you know. were? Look, you never know. Lesbians are great at everything. You know, we can build anything. Give us anything from Ikea and we're sorted, you know. All right, Steph. <laughs> Glad you had a good night and got your point across. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you actually listening to us and hearing us out. And just for your listeners as well, like most of the comments have been absolutely lovely. And we can't say thank you enough for people actually showing their support. And we really, really do appreciate it. Yeah, you want to have a thick skin sometimes too in this chair. Believe me. Yeah, I <laughs> can imagine. I can imagine. But thank you. Thanks a million. Uh, thanks, Steph. Uh, just have uh, a mention there is an accident at the Ballyhooley Road by Meadow Park Road. Uh, that's just above the Fox and Hounds, isn't it? On the Ballyhooley Road uh, by Meadow Park Road. Uh, traffic is backed up past Merview Lawn. So that's above the... Uh, the, is it Aldi or Little that's there? I think it's Little. Um, so just be careful there on the Ballyhooley Road by Meadow Park Road. There's been an accident. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 104 Red FM. And one of yesterday's guests uh, rejoins us. Thanks for holding me. You're a Portuguese uh, origin uh, citizen living in Cork and a drag artist as well, yeah? Oh, you're from the Azores Boy. Islands, isn't it? Which is Portuguese anyway. It is, yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right. Uh, good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. It's Mick. Uh, oh, Mick. Sorry. <laughs> People always make that mistake. Don't 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 worry, Mia. Um, do, I do, thought today was the, the day <laughs> was Neil's. Sorry, uh, but yeah, I'm from Portugal. Yeah, uh, from the Azores Islands. Uh, been here living ten years now. In the last since last month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. One, one, one of my dreams is to sail into Horta or, or Orta, and. Uh, of course. And oh pa- yes, and pa- paint the boat name on the wall am- amongst the thousands. Oh my God! I know, you know, I, sometimes I like I tell people where I'm from from the Azores, and most of them don't know where is it. Uh, but uh, good yeah, that and, you and know. I wonder with the Azores, is it just that bit far away for those four-hour seven uh, seven three seven flights that make it to the likes of Madeira and places? Yeah, I mean, it's oh, the only flight you can have is from Lisbon uh, from main mainland. It's yeah. two hours like flights. Uh, it's always yeah. People it's, don't like taking two flights these days. It's too easy to take one. 
Yeah, anyway, no, we digress. Uh, ba- back to yes. last night because there's been a little development on, on, on a funding thing. But many turned out last night, first of all. Uh, it looked like great fun. It sounded like great fun. And it sounded like, uh, for the most part, everybody was very respectful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I uh, I was running, uh, I came in late. I was running from drag school because I started uh, uh, my drag uh, course. And then um, everybody was so friendly. There was Everybody was loud. Um, no one got into fights. No one uh, was disrespectful. I mean, we had loads of comments, as Stephanie was saying earlier. Um, we had loads of comments, loads of uh, fingers being pointed and middle fingers and all that. But that's that's besides everything. You know, you know, people can can say whatever they want and people can um, uh, act the way they want. You know, but uh, nothing nothing will change. You know, I mean, this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking yesterday. Um, you're you're not such a small cohort of people anymore now. Looking at the pictures of uh, the no. steps of the courthouse last night, they were thronged. Yeah. I mean, if if you no. don't if you don't find your own privately owned uh, bar to align itself with uh, the gay culture and and uh, and drag queens and that sort of performance and decoration, mm-hmm. um, it, is it possible you might form a club? Um, you wouldn't um, even you wouldn't even need a license, a bar license, because you can apply for one as a club. Yeah, I mean, everything has been overwhelming. I cannot uh, disclose any much details, but um, there is a lot happening, uh, as you know. And uh, um, I mean, we we all looking for this space. And uh, I mean, there's been a few messages about um, new spaces and um, people wanted to invest. And uh, okay, get, so pl- uh, plans are afoot. These plans need to be funded, and a GoFundMe has been set up already. Uh, is, is this with the ideal of finding a new venue? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it is. And, uh, I mean, what would be nice? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. It would help a lot of it, you know, the GoFundMe. It's 50,000 um, uh, euros, the total, the, the market, the, um, the reach, yeah. And Sorry, 50,000 uh, for what? 50,000 is the target. Oh, it's, it's the target, the, okay. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I have to ask now, who's the beneficiary of the GoFundMe? Because we had a lot of shenanigans in Dublin or so, it seems, with a, with Stephen Termini's son saying, oh, no, I never had the GoFundMe for my dad. It was to defray our own expenses and any, yeah. perhaps, medical expenses he might have. But he, they're not talking and he isn't a... Stephen Termini, who got attacked, hasn't seen a penny of it. So mm-hmm. how... how What's the governance of what's happening here? So this this is one of the, our members of the community, like Evan. I know Evan. He used to go uh, to chamber he, chambers all the time. Evan Murphy. I, I can't pronounce the last name. <laughs> Keogh. That's okay. Go on. Yeah, uh, he, he he did he did uh, the GoFundMe uh, last night or yesterday. It's called raising raise funds for Cork LGBT space events and. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I've been talking much about it because there's been so much going on. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Izzy in the space, safe space because he, he knows what's, uh, what's happening. So I, I just don't know what, how things go with this GoFundMe or anything after, afterwards. You reach the targets. But, uh, you know, we, we can see who organises. Yeah, yeah, that's so, why you, you need a group of trustees. Everything needs to exactly. be transparent or there'll be tremendous infighting. And, and that's, where, that's where a club, like, like a golf club, can be passed on to incoming and, and rotating members in perpetuity. That's how golf clubs never really get sold off for property development, very rarely, because they're protected by the members and they pass on to the next generation. It's just an idea, but one worth considering, I think. I believe there's a nice few quid in it already. 
a nice few water. Uh, oh yeah, I... there is. There's actually eight thousand. I was just double check eight thousand. Um, so that's that's very good. Uh, I mean, last yesterday was only <laughs> it's only twenty four hours. It's been eight thousand euros. So that's good. You know, I mean, we encourage everybody to give. If if anybody wants to give, like it's just uh, one euro, two euros, five euros, whatever you can give. Yeah. Um, we want to use that um, money for rights, and we hopefully people will see that we will use the money for rights. And obviously, there's going to be a few events happening for in the future for you know for helping the performers. Okay. That, um, uh, yeah. Evan Evan Murphy, have you a triple barrel name, or is it just Evan Murphy? I do, Mick. I, it's Evan Murphy Kyo. Evan Murphy Kyo. No wonder he couldn't pronounce it. He's from Portugal. I know. And it's spelled K-E-O-G-H. K-E-O-G-H. That's it. <laughs> so you you helped set up the GoFundMe. What are the aims and aspirations here? Good, good. Um, yes, I did. So I suppose what it was, is it really came down to, um, I'm part of a, a running club from Runners Cork. And um, I used to be the chairperson and I would think that I have good standing within the community um, personally. And I think uh, from the feedback I've gotten so far, you know, people are happy to um, support. So I suppose because all this happened so fast, as Mia said, is a bit of a whirlwind. Um, I thought that there'd be a GoFundMe set up. And I suppose really I don't know what goes behind it as such in terms of how to set all these things up. But I said, you know what, yesterday evening I was saying, oh, you know what, we should be doing something here. We should be capitalising on this and creating a space for ourselves. Uh, queer owned, queer run, queer set up. Um, and that's really where it just came from. And then as I set it up, I really sat in it for about an hour to, to worry, you know, jeez, you know. And then the story about that guy in Dublin came out and I said, oh my God, what if something like, you know, people are like, oh no, I'm not giving because of that. And I was really worried about that. So I sat in it for about an hour and I really just felt that, you know, if we really need to change, someone has to to create something and I just felt like why not me so I created it so I just wanted to call that out that you know uh, we are hoping to have a community meeting next weekend uh, towards the end of the next weekend Um, at that meeting I will be hoping to put it to the community around what they want to do once we reach the target or how do we reach the target maybe other fundraising measures um, that will happen like maybe uh, drag brunches might happen or maybe there's uh, one of the drag queens was saying they'll, they'll they'll come running with the front runners in full drag I thought that was hilarious so there are things like that that we, we can capitalise on in order to create our own space. But I think really, if it wasn't, you know, the, the, the catalyst here is the whole Chambers scenario. Um, okay, and uh, by, by the way, I'd, I'd love to give Chambers the right of reply here. They have the right yeah, of reply yeah. if, if they want to come on and, and, and tell me, well, you know, their position on the whole thing. So it's, it's going to be for all intents and purposes like a sports and social club. We're fundraising for our own premises and then uh, mm-hmm. we, we can run it as we see fit uh, under a committee or a, or a board of trustees. Yeah. So that, like, the, the worst thing that can happen here is infighting in the community. Yes, but I, I, and I suppose that was, that's what any business or organisation or invoicing can happen anywhere. But I suppose just to, to keep on topic, that's not what we envisage. You know, we're a very uh, cohesive community. And yes, we are quite diverse. But in my view, if we have a structure in place that is very respectful of each other and we have a, 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 um, a structure in terms of some kind of formal organisation, then that will help us. I don't know if you, you're probably not fully aware, but um, years ago, uh, Galway Pride and Galway, uh, there, there was a Galway Pride was a split and uh, they split up into two. So one was Galway Pride and one was Galway Community Pride. There was a few years there where there were two prides for every year because they kind of weren't seeing eye yeah. One was more corporate. Evan, I'm oh. sorry, I'm completely out of time. Can, can, you, can you give the GoFundMe a mention so that we bring some closure to it and people can know where to, to focus if, if they want to get involved because maybe not all of your own community know 
Yes, uh, sorry, one second. Mia, thank you very much for coming on. I'm out of time. Thank you very much, Mia. Thank you. Mia thank Gold. you. And uh, let's get Evan to give right. the uh, GoFundMe so, and then. So the the GoFundMe is called uh, Raise Funds for Cork's LGBT um, event space. So that's the, the name okay. of the GoFundMe. But I mean, if you're following any of uh, Instinct on Instagram or uh, Cork Queers on Instagram or uh, myself on Facebook, you can find the link. All there. right, so Evan. People are sharing it ever. Glad to give you the platform. Well done on a Thanks, peaceful Rick. demonstration and best of luck to all of you in the future. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Time just evaporated there. Thomas is coming on after 10. Uh, thinks the LGBT community are being selfish. Uh, your call is welcome on 0818-104-106 or by text on 086-8104-106. Uh, by text, uh, we have one uh, before news at 10. Six months ago, I heard from friends who were gay that the atmosphere in the bar in question had become too political. Because of this, many customers have moved on to other bars. My gay friends, like anyone, just wanted a friendly, laid-back place to socialise. Not an activist hub, which I hear some people were turning it into. It reminds me of a wise sign I saw hanging in a pub once. Please don't discuss politics, religion or football. Thank you, Sean, for the text. The home of the cash machine in court. Now... Show, Red FM. And I want to get to some of our Free Food Friday shout-outs, uh, but we have uh, we got a nice number of texts yesterday speaking to a Sinn Féin councillor. Uh, I was kind of saying, uh, I said a few things about how quiet they've been lately, uh, but, and I meant they, not one particular person, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, Sinn Féin rep, I beg your pardon, not a councillor. Uh, what will Sinn Féin do to fix it? They are great to give out about everything, but no ideas on how to actually fix it. Where are the costings coming from uh, them for anything? More tax, question mark? No, the text just says Sinn Féin are no more an opposition party than the parties in government. When was the last time they went against the government? Sinn Féin are finished. They're no longer the national party. They let, uh, they let a lot of their supporters down. Another one, Mick, do Sinn Féin believe in rewarding people who work hard and get up at 6am to work till 9pm? And do they believe we should earn as much as possible for our efforts? And are we being rewarded for working for our families and the exchequer? Or do they believe that someone sitting back doing very little should get council houses dole and be gifted my tax money? And one more, uh, it's easily known there's an election coming up they will promise you everything. You're right, Mick. Sinn Féin are nowhere to be seen. Is Mary Lou after leaving the country? They are more interested in the North. We've Donegal O'Leary and we never see him until we look for his vote. Every uh, Until he will look for his vote. Uh, every one of them are the same. They promise you everything and deliver nothing. And while I made a general comment that uh, Sinn Féin are very quiet yesterday, Mary Lou has not left the country. Uh, Mary Lou has had, had very um, serious operation uh, last June. She had uh, uh, a hysterectomy, which is serious at the best of times, but it involved not just removing her ovaries and her womb, uh, but groats and tumours as well by her own admission. She's made a full recovery. Uh, she was on national radio this morning, and I'm hoping we're trying to speak to her today. Do you think we'd be able to speak to her for Monday? Okay. Production team are trying. Uh, hopefully we can speak uh, to Mary Lou MacDonald on Monday. Wish her the best for her health. She said she's not in any continuing treatment, so the, uh, the operation seems to have been a success. But she is, of course, the leader of the main opposition party. And there are some criticisms and there are a lot of support uh, for Sinn Féin. Hopefully we can get to speak uh, to Mary Lou. But I think everyone amongst us, no matter what your political persuasion, uh, would wish anybody in life uh, having a serious operation like that uh, the very, very best. And of course, there is a consequent uh, downtime and uh, disappearing from the uh, from the public 
uh, eye and, uh, you know, the radio waves and the TV waves and the sound bites and all that when something so serious goes on. So best wishes health-wise to Mary Lou MacDonald and hope to speak to her on Monday. Now then, I was going to do the Free Food Friday, but uh, let's play other games first, shall we? Killian, good morning. Good morning. I mentioned, I mentioned a couple of games yesterday which were peculiar to where I was growing up in Cove and they were haunty and kicked the can. Uh, I hadn't really, I'd heard of British Bulldog, but I never really knew. I had to ask Seamus, he'd know all that stuff. His head is full of useless information, but he told me what it was. But it's been banned in school uh, because kids were getting injured. What is British Bulldog? Well, I think from my recollection, British Bulldog is we, when we used to play in the school, it's kind of be, kids would all line up one side of the yard and then another would be in the middle and people would run over and back and have to have to catch, the person in the middle would have to catch and each person he caught then would join the catching group until everyone was caught. But it kind of end up certainly when, from my recollection in school with around young boys and stuff like that, kids were getting clotheslined and poleaxed in the yard and it was leading to injuries as, you know, kid childlike exuberance can be. So that was British Bulldog in, in, in our school anyway. Our, some Red Rover would have been another version of it called. Yeah. So, it's similar it's, to the same so thing, Br- yeah. British Bulldog is kind of like rugby training, is it? Small bit, yeah, I suppose you'd be red-carded for tackles like that now in rugby these days, yeah. maybe not 20 or 30 years ago, but certainly nowadays you'd be a dead thought, contact yeah. rule. Those high tackles, and you know, the, those high tackles you see on, on the rugby field now, uh, yeah. could be very, very dangerous. And, and you're talking about kids who are, you know, they're jolly and they're boisterous. A serious injury could be caused doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like when I was in school, we used to play all these games and eventually, you know, they'd last for maybe a week or two and then the teachers cop on. I suppose I suppose with the yards as well that kids would kids who weren't necessarily involved in the game were getting knocked over too, you know. But Yeah. So, so a, a new teacher came into your school to introduce this and for years it became very, very popular and and kind of took over the yard, was it? Yeah, well it was handball this teacher Oh the handball was, Martin, it? was his name, yeah. I beg your pardon. He, he he started handball in our school, yeah, in Claro National School back in, in the eighties. So and, you, you, you need a blank wall for that. You probably didn't have a, a proper handball alley. No, we didn't. We, we just had blank, but it, it caught on to the extent, like, and even when I left in sixth class, it was still, you know, going strong in the school. Anywhere there was a bit of empty wall, you'd find two or three lads or a queue waiting of lads waiting to play each other at handball every lunch and break time. You know, it took off massively. It was brilliant. Yeah. We invented the thing called leg ball after handball. You'd have two jumpers up against the wall and you'd have to kick the ball and then it'd be over and back. You'd have two or three people playing. Myself oh, and, yeah. Myself and Christy Crow. Christy Ahern, sorry. Hi, yeah. Um, no, I don't think he was in school for long, but even after he left, he kept going. Yeah, I, rem- I remember the, the, the only handball alley, to my knowledge, uh, that was in our locality was actually on the island of Hall Bowling. Okay, we now we were in Clareau, we'd been a long way from mm, Hall Bowl yeah. and um, I don't think we ever, you know, it was never competitively, I think it was more something to, I think it would have come in around the time probably they were banning Red Rover and British Bulldog and all those things kind yeah. of gave us another outlet for... So you had for, you had courts uh, even painted on the yard and... Uh, they did, yeah, in fairness, the school kind of embraced it as well, um, they were very good, um, we... Ter- uh, terrible sting, by the way, time. off a handball until you get used to it, isn't there? Yeah, well, a lot of the time we would have just been playing tennis balls whatever we could get our hand on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think there was many actual handballs. And there might have been one or two floating around. Kind of the lads who took them more seriously might have gone off and 
yeah. the proper handball. For the most part, we're just playing with tennis balls, but even a wet tennis ball will give you a sting. Oh, it would. Yeah. Any other games you used to play back then? Um, I suppose we actually played a bit of handball at home as well. We, you know, if we found the right spot, kick the can would have been a good one, or kick the can. Kick, is, kick the can was, was that, yeah. that was a very good one. Um, um, was that the one where it kind of uh, it involved hide and seek? And yeah. you'd have to come out then and kick the can. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and if you were caught, you were the prisoner. And then if you caught everyone, it was game over. That's but right. It, it, it was to come out and kick the can and free the prisoners, and then the person yeah, yeah, yeah. would have to start all over again. Yeah. Weren't they innocent times without smartphones? Yeah, and they were great. Yeah. Social media apps and all the stuff that's happening online yeah. right now. You just got out and get on with it, and it was it was a healthier lifestyle to be sure. Oh, it was, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Killian. Yeah. Thanks a million. Great. Thanks, William. No Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Now, a big shout-out for people, please. You can phone us on 0818-104-106 or you can text us on 0868-104-106. That's on SMS or on uh, WhatsApp. Uh, tell us the games. Get in touch. Tell us the games, your own memories of games you used to play. Uh, Friday is a little more relaxed here. We give away some free food. Uh, we lighten the mood a little and, uh, you know, we've had enough heavy subjects on during the week and we'll continue to do them in smattering as well between now and midday. But a shout out for people, please get in touch with your own memories of games you used to play uh, back in those halcyon days and uh, and uh, bring a smile to the people of Cork. Uh, one of those people is Thomas on line one. Hiya, Thomas. Good morning, uh, Mick. How's it going? Not too bad. Uh, I was just listening to all your gay people on there for the last couple of mornings and not to be too critical but uh, they haven't that much to worry about. It's very good not to have so little to worry about, uh, Mick. <laughs> that they, their, their pub is going to be discommoded for a week because of rag week and things are going to go back to normal again the following week. Yeah, so, I, th- I think there's bigger issues at play than that but that's 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 uh, simplifying it or generalising it a little but yeah, I take your point. But they're, they're, yes. obvi- they're obviously aggrieved well, you know, the, 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 one thing the pub, one thing Cork isn't short of, even though some of them have closed. I've been in many of them myself. It's not short of pubs, not short of pubs for young people, particularly. In fact, actually, most of the pubs in, for in the city uh, and the evening time, especially, are for young people. I wouldn't be out at all in the evening because I have no business being out. Any drink I do would be done in the afternoon. But uh, as I said, uh, you know, there are there are people in the world. I mean, if they're talking about setting up a GoFundMe, wouldn't it be better enough to set up a GoFundMe for the people in Libya and the people in Morocco? I know, we're, we're trying to get to speak to somebody on the ground in Libya and it's proving yeah, impossible. Yeah, you said that earlier. I heard yeah. you saying that earlier. No, that would be far better. I, I'd much rather hear them doing that than uh, setting up a fund for their own uh, uh, place, you know. And, and, and we did put activists and charitable people in touch on the Moroccan thing uh, on, on the morning just after it happened. So... Uh, we're we're oh, doing we're doing what we can. I, I'm 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 conscious that the number of deaths in in Libya has eclipsed, uh, as oh, if, as if you could think that's possible. Uh, the two and a half thousand people or so at least who have died in yes, Morocco, but it's 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 getting scant attention. Um, yes, it's yes, getting news yes. coverage, but I'm I'm not seeing the same amount of activism or you know or support coming that way. Um, well, I, I thought we were coming on to talk about games, Thomas. Uh, do you have any memories in that regard? If I can put you well, on the spot. Well, as I said, as I said, to finish off on that uh, and the other thing, yeah. um, I do find that the uh, gay community are very selfish community. They're very self-absorbed, which is not a good thing. Be better off if they were less self-absorbed. But we won't go into that now. Uh, talking about games, yes. Oh, God, yes. I, I was saying to Claire earlier on, Mick, you know, 
when I'm here now on uh, the north side in the evening, even in the summertime, even a few weeks ago there when we had very good weather, uh, 25, 30 years ago, maybe longer, we would hear all the kids playing out. I only have the window open. I'd hear all the kids playing around the area, running about when I was young and when you were younger. Now, I'd have the window open there. There's not a sound, even in a beautiful evening. There yeah. would be a sound of a child playing anywhere. Ba- ba- back in the day, you'd open your window and it'd sound like a playground outside. Oh, yes, exactly. Up here now, they'd be running all over the place, you know, chasing. And even in my own time in the street where I lived, there'd be activities going on. Girls would have a skipping rope out. The lads, were like myself, would be playing marbles, conkers, all that kind of thing. And as that gentleman said there on about kicking the can, all those games would be going on. Healthy, innocent games. But no, unfortunately, I didn't think I'd see this. I didn't think I'd live long enough to see such a change that young people now are obsessed with phones and looking at things they shouldn't be looking at. I, I, I know, and, and, you know, we can look back with nostalgia on the days uh, of innocence pre these communication devices, but those games were a product of their time, really. Yes, they were, of course, but as I said, uh, I actually, um, I'm actually amused when people say to me, James, aren't you looking out that you live long enough to see this modern, wonderful Ireland? But I don't consider it a modern, wonderful Ireland when I look at the round of people who can't. I was only uh, hearing a story that someone was telling me yesterday. There's a lady in Dublin. She's uh, living in a rented house and... Um, her son is terminally ill and her husband is terminally ill. And the son is six stone weight. He's 28 years old. He's an awful lot of problems. And they're both very, very ill. And she's looking after them. And tomorrow, they're going to be evicted. The landlord is evicting them tomorrow. And uh, uh, the city council said they can't do much for her. They haven't got accommodation for her. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not across so, the story or its specifics. Well, that was on the radio and some, when my neighbours told me they were listening to whatever radio station they were listening to and there was an interview about it. What is it, a legitimate story? Like, yeah. And I was, I was thinking, that was unheard of when I was young, uh, Mick, for such a thing to happen. There'd be a bed, there'd be a hospital bed for both those people and there'd be a house for those for that uh, woman. And the, and the person who would bring it about would be the local bishop or the local priest. He mm-hmm. wouldn't tolerate that, that they'd be put out in the street. Wouldn't to- tolerate for a second. But today... Uh, and, and that's, I'm going to be sure that story is repeated around the country. Yeah. Then in, Neil has dealt with stories similar to that. Oh, of course, and, and, and so have I. But apparently in Libya, Thomas, uh, your taxation covers you for all, men, uh, all medical, all dental. You even get free electricity, apparently. Right now, I, now I, I know in, in Libya there's the legitimate government and there's the, as, as seen, the non-legitimate war, government. The civil war, the yeah, civil and, war, yeah, and unfortunately the earthquake is, being, is trying to be dealt with principally by the, by the non-recognised government. And all of this political BS is going on between it when people are dying. Yes. Yes, there's the, that's the trouble. And, uh, of course, originally that was interference from other countries. They should have left Gaddafi where he was, bad as he was, leaving leave where he was. Well, where he yeah, well, you could say the same about Saddam Hussein, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, but, but apparently Gaddafi was going to standardise oil for the African continent to be paid for with yes. gold, which they have a lot of, and then take yes. the American dollar uh, off that standard. Um, you know, the American dollar pays for all oil and all planes, all airplanes uh, around the world. And, you know, some, some say that's why the Americans went in. Oh, Libya needs a little dose of freedom. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> and then the same with Syria. They should have left Mr. Assad there on his own. And look what happened. Uh, they've interfered there and now they've had a war for 10 years and he's still there. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone from games, uh, gays to games, to evictions, to Libya, to yes. Po- yes. political well, entry. I'll leave you off. All Mick, right, Thomas. Thanks a million. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Uh, bye bye. Just a couple of texts uh, from yesterday an incredible health system. Uh, stop dishing out the propaganda. My sister is dead because of this incredible health system. Uh, another texter said, I had open heart surgery eight weeks ago and the care and attention I'm getting from Dr. Tarani Gunaku and her fantastic team in the CUH cardiac ward is the best around. Uh, they can't do enough for your patients. Uh, fantastic system. Uh, when I said it's an incredible system, I meant, uh, and you can, you can only look at the, the treatment you get yourself. Um, and um, uh, I had to have uh, some serious treatments over the last six months, including one uh, after one of the programs this week uh, in a heart, uh, in a coronary ward. And what I really meant was that the professionals here are second to none in the world. I'm not saying we have an incredible health system. And if I generalise by saying we have an incredible health system once you get on the right side of the door, of course I'm leaning towards the massive professionalism uh, of the staff that are there. Uh, the system itself is crooked or broken or underfunded or banjaxed or not fit for purpose. Uh, but let's not take it away. Uh, if I generalise by saying the system while meaning the staff, I apologise. But uh, I think the staff, their dedication, their expertise, their duty of care uh, is second to them. Came across one actually uh, on uh, this day during the week that I had to go in and her absolute vigour and enthusiasm uh, for the job. It just blew me away. Uh, her name is Helen Barrett uh, and I remember that because uh, it's also the name of a of a, the lady who used to be called the White Witch in Cove to whom she has no relation. But that's how I remembered her name. So Helen Barrett, if you're listening or any of your colleagues uh, are listening in the Mercy University Hospital uh, you are an incredible health professional. Anyway, we digress. There is more to be done on the Neil Prendival Show, including Free Food Friday shout-outs next. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prendival now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. And the games people play, sang Joe South. I wonder if we can find that and play it. Uh, 0818-104-106. Get those game phone calls coming in. Uh, and let's bring back some nostalgic memories to Cork. 868 106 uh, is our text line 0818-104-106 by phone. Now then, by text on 086-8104-106, uh, as I've just mentioned, it's our text line, the Neil Prendeville Show Free Food Friday with Roosters Piri Piri in Douglas and Blackpool. We're going to feed 15 people, probably more actually, uh, such as the amount of food that we'll bring. So be hungry. Winners getting a selection of starters, including beef skewers, chicken skewers, chicken wings. Mains will include chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beef burgers. Uh, all of the meats, of course, are based in their famous medium piri-piri sauce, and they'll also throw in piri-salted fries, rice, and waffle fries. They will also throw in portions of piri-mayo and garlic piri-mayo. These are the original roosters, piri-piri, and uh, they really need to be sampled to be believed. Uh, we've had some here for lunch uh, on many's the occasion, and we've had nothing but great compliments uh, from all of those to whom we deliver the food. It's a special treat uh, thrown in as well uh, by the gang at Roosters Piri Piri. Uh, your own cheesecake you can build with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. And my thanks to Mark O'Donoghue and his wonderful team 
for continuing to support the Neil Prendival Show on our Free Food Friday. You can find them at roosterspiripiri.com and you'll find them in Douglas and Blackpool. Now then, first of our shout-outs. I'd like to put uh, Shipping Solutions forward for the Free Food Friday. It would be a great way for Andrea and her staff to start the weekend and stop the weather from dampening their spirits. Free Food Friday for Craig and the group at Pat McDonald's Paint on the Commons Road. Free Food Friday for the complete upholstery centre and foam services on uh, Barrick Street. You know something, often listening to these shout-outs, you get an idea if you need something in the house. Oh, yeah, are they on Barrick Street? I must go up there and get my upholstery and foam services. Anyway, uh, please put forward all doctors, nurses and the staff at the Rapid Prostate Clinic uh, cancer Clinic in Orchid Centre, COH, for Free Food Friday. They, if anyone deserve a treat for all the fantastic work they do, thank you. Free Food Friday for the lads in Mulrock Construction, working hard by Gary Duff Sports Centre. All the ladies in Gate Childcare in Little Island. I work from home and so do my two sisters in their homes. We would love to win Free Food Friday. Uh, we would meet in one house with the family to enjoy. Laura in Tladuv. That'll be a lovely community occasion, wouldn't it? Free Food Friday for Shirley Feeney and all the girls in Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic who are celebrating 25 years in business this week. Free Food Friday for my mam, Carol O'Connor, working at the Dean Hotel. Uh, I'd like to nominate them to win this food for all the hard-working accommodation staff getting the rooms in Penthouse ready for the weekend. Uh, free Food Friday for all the girls at All Round Beauty in Mayfield. We'd uh, love a good feed on a busy Friday and we'd share with all our clients as well. I'd n- like to nominate my vet's practice, Abbeville in Toker. Amazing people with the amount of work they do. I won't go into detail, but they're a vet uh, for a voluntary rescue and that what they face every day is terrible. Uh, I think they deserve a treat. Uh, so they're a vet for a voluntary rescue. Uh, I myself will be doing the mini marathon on Sunday for all the animals that need care. Uh, please pick them. They truly deserve it. Michael and his team there are amazing. Uh, we are a team of SNAs who work so hard aiding and helping special needs students. We have two units, autism and Down syndrome, and it is a very challenging job. So we could do with a lovely lunch. Thanks in advance, all the SNAs and Anine, special needs assistant, Claro National School. DC Valeting in Churchfield will share with our neighbours to keep us going in this horrible weather. And all right, Mick, Bronx here with Hepburn Professional. I have a hungry crew here in Pipe Life, Little Island, uh, who would famish uh, your free food Friday. Famished for it, maybe. They'd devour it, I'd say. Cheers, Ken. Uh, good morning. My name is Michelle O'Driscoll. I work in Human Resources in the Clayton Hotel in Laps Key. We'd love to win the Free Food Friday Prize. We have a huge team here in the hotel who work extremely hard every day in all departments. It'll be a lovely treat for them uh, and show how much they are appreciated. We have very busy weeks coming up, as do all hotels in Cork, of course, the, uh, we're about, what, six weeks away, seven weeks away from the uh, from the jazz. Uh, anyway, busy time for all hotels in Cork, and we would like to surprise them if we were to win. Thanks in advance. And Piri Piri Free Food Friday for Ego Hair Salon in Cove, who are working very hard. Uh, keep those texts coming on 0868104106 for Rooster's Piri Piri Free Food Friday on the Neil Prandeville Show. To line two and to Finbar. Hiya, Finbar. Good morning. You were a Conquerors champion, were you? I am admitting, after all my years, I'm about 65 years ago, I, I, I used to cheat at it. But I'm I, admitting it this morning. I was going to ask you, because there, there's all these wives' tales about putting the conkers in the oven and putting them... Uh, putting up the chimney, some people... Up the chimney. I, I had to see, because my brother, my late brother Paul taught me, was to put... My father was a, a, a painter, and he said, paint out, and he said... But he had a varnish, and my brother told me to put it into varnish... Put it on your twine first, dip it into vanish, leave it out of one minute or two. 
take it out, let it dry, and it would be just like a stone. Yeah, so, but, but the varnish would be shiny and would be spotted, yeah, would it? The, the nut itself was shiny and it was naturally yeah. shiny, like glass, and another quarter of varnish on it would make it even harder. You know, so uh, I, I was kind of champion of the tellers for, for, for a while. I would lose them and even get another one. I'd, yeah. And I'd, I'd do the same thing. And you're putting it all down to your prowess and your skill. Not my skits, what I was told to do. My <laughs> brother Paul, my late brother Paul, he was telling me. No, but at, at, at the time you looked like a fabulous conquer player. <laughs> you know something? There are children listening now who have no idea what I'm talking about. They won't. They don't know what a conquer is. They would no idea what. So you see them, they'll be passing some trees there, and they'll be falling down the ground. Yeah. You know, around this time of day, you know. You know, it was so simple. But the main idea, the main idea of street things. <coughs> Was that nobody had most, <coughs> me. Nobody had money. Money was was non-existent. So you made up your games. Yeah. And there were seasons of games. And um, another big pop, uh, popular one was um, skipping. There was a couple of people in, in the street. Had uh, one, one particular man. He had a big rope and he used to give us a loan of it. And the boys would turn it and the girls would dance. And there'd be songs that they'd be singing while they were dancing. You know. And that could go on. Practically all that because you weren't summer holidays, you know. Yeah, and that was, was kind of there was a kind of that was the innocent start of courting, really, wasn't it? Uh, well, we just say you were about twelve to thirteen, fourteen at the time, and then you went to work at around roughly thirteen to fourteen. As it was, most fellas, most girls went to work. So it, there was girls went to, into sunbeam at thirteen years of age. Yeah, I, I started to work at thirteen and a half as a messenger boy. So it, 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 um, there were games in between, and. Um, there were songs, the songs, the the the. Um, they were fantastic songs. We wonder who made them up. Generations before us made them up in the streets, you know. Do you remember any of them? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a, a short one. Um, who's that coming down the street? Finn Barbevin, isn't he sweet? He's been married twice before, and now he's knocking at Mary's door. Mary, will you marry me? Yes, my love, at half past three. Half past three is much too late. I marry you in the morning at half past three. That was one of them. Brilliant, but I wouldn't say Ed Sheeran is too worried. <laughs> it, it was one of the... the, the who, who, who's that? They had a bit more. They were, the girls were fantastic. They had rhythm, rhythm one after the... You know, some girls were fantastic at dancing. Yeah, they were all their time. And and speaking of dancing, weren't the girls better at the hopscotch as well? They were brilliant, Teller. They were absolutely picky, we used to call that. Yeah, the, the girls seemed to be a lot more sure-footed than the, the boys, a little clumsy, if I remember correctly. There was a circle one, and there was a, there was a rectangular one, there was a square one. It's whatever whatever you, you drew, and you got a a, um, a polish box full of earth, and that was, just, that was just your kick, your puck, or whatever you called it. So uh, it, it, it was, it was, you had to, then you'd go out the road swimming to, down the rivers. So we had no idea what pollution was at that time. We just swam the rivers. That's um, right, there was no pollution at that time. You might get the odd banana floating down as well from, from, from the docks. You were in the Spangle Hill and Farnry area, yeah? Yeah, Spangle Hill, it changed its name in, 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 in 1964. Yeah, and it's so still, still known by the locals as Spangle Hill. What's its name now? Far, I know, but Spangle Hill was uh, it, there's also there was also one hill called Spangle Hill, wasn't there? There was oh. one particular main hill. It's, it's called yeah. Hoppins Road. That's the main hill. Hoppins Road. That's the one. Spangle, Spangle Hill. 
I have wondered where it came from. Some people said that the American gave it his name, the Star Spangled Banner. That's know? right, yeah. I remember Jerome and his shop on Popham's Road. Yeah, well, he's still around. He's is he? He's still around in his way. Oh, he's about in his way, you know. I mentioned him a couple of years ago, and by hook or by crook, he rang someone who rang someone who rang someone. He eventually got my number and he got through to me, saying, the, saying that he remembered me. But it's, I'm, I'm glad to know he's still hale and hearty. So Jerome and Popham's Road. Th- thanks for all the money when I was cashing my checks there from work. Oh, many, many years ago. Stay with us, Finbar, because you're going to have I some nice memories here. We, we'll we'll go to the south side from the north. You can't, I'm can you? Over. I can't. I'm going over to that very building now where Jolly won't be now because I'm going over to collect my pension. There you go. We used to cash our checks in there. And uh, he was always a, a lovely, lovely man. OK, off you go and get your thank money. You thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Finbar. Liam O'Hugin is a local historian, and we're going to go to the south side now and uh, go through some of the games in the middle parish. We're going back as far as the 40s, Liam, are we? We are indeed. We are okay, indeed. off you go. <laughs> Kiss and torture, number one. What's that? In the bottle. Oh, Under sp- up the alley. Have you all that now? Steering oh. cars. Down Sunday as well. Steering cars, yeah. Down Sunday as well. Um, follow the leader. Statues. Ali Ali, who has the ball? Roly poly, plenty clappy, up against the wall. The girls just play that mostly. Okay. Now let, just, let, let, let's true. go through them and try and describe them, right? Now, we, we all know that Spin the Bottle has, uh, you know, that's one yeah. that passes through into adulthood at various levels of dare or undress. Shall we leave it at that? <laughs> let's, we didn't go that far, no. let, let's let's we look at the innocent part of Spin the Bottle. That was just, it was kind of a challenge thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a giggle and you'd have a great old laugh and you'd get a slight in half and all that business. Yeah, what, but, was, um, what was Thunder Up the Alley? Thunder Up the Alley was, you must realise now that all the downpipes that time in the houses, they were all metal. And you stuffed newspapers up the, the metal pipe and you set them on fire. And it, it caused a great kind of a sound up the, the, the first year, the, no, up the, the tunnel, eh? Thunder up the alley, it was called. Oh. So you couldn't do it today because all the... It's all plastic all now. PVC, yeah. PVC. Yeah. And you, you'd be arrested anyway, sir. Um, and uh, you, had, you had a young fellow there from Belleville, I know from Belleville, from Belleville's only a child. But uh, <laughs> he had me, he told me. He's gone out to collect um, his pension. How old are you? 82. Okay. So, so I'd be a way child. older than from Belleville, I'd say. All right. I said that. Pimber is 79 next week, I'm told. Buddy? He's 79 next week, I'm told by Seamus. So he's only a child. Only a child. What was uh, Cat and Dog? It seems like a very simple cat name. Cat and Dog was, you got a, a small little bit of stick, and if you just stick, no, you pointed the small bit, and you hit the, the point, and to go from, you judged it by distance, you know, the, the shores out, the sores out in the middle of the road you'd see who, who'd get over onto the shore in the least number of shots. OK, that seems like, interesting. So they playing that for two bits of sticks. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you don't see kids playing. You, they can't play no one because this was all done out in the middle of the road. I lived in Henry Street, and so you wouldn't see, you might see one or two cars from one end of the day to the other. Where's Henry so Street? You don't know where Henry Street is. You don't know where Liam O'Higgins was born. You're not disgraced in the city, by. I, I know. <laughs> you know was... where the Mercy Hospital is? I do. That's Henry Street. Actually, we were talking. No. I was in the Mercy during the week. We were talking about the the new building there. Twenty five years, it's there now. 
Uh, and and a, f- a friend of our family had had that property and sold it to the uh, to the mercy. I think there was uh, there was five hundred uh, pounds at the time in the offing, which he tossed for. I believe he lost. I won't mention the name, um, but the same guy was uh, he, he was quite the tour de force. He played rugby for Munster on a Saturday and boxed for Ireland on a Sunday. How about that? Couldn't be Ernie Keefe with the boy Well, you said it now. I have great memories of Ernie Keefe and Gell. His, his daughter Gell was, uh, she was in the Marifat Pizat or something, the little blondie girl running across the field about three or four years of age. That was his well, daughter. I she great- went on to become an actress. I have great memories of Ernie Keefe because we had the man pestered for ball bearing wheels for us the cars. He was one of the great metal workers, if, if that's not being that's uncharitable right. to him. Uh, he probably was more than a metal worker. He was an architect and engineer in, in steel. He was a very nice man. And, a, st- and, and a steely man as well. That's where we got all our ball bearing wheels for us, the young cars. You had big ones for the back and small ones for the front. That's right. And the young young, the one thing about the young cars, no one ever invented a handbrake. You came down Sunday as well. Back your shoes. Well, you, you edged it into the foot of the, the footpath. That was the only way you could stop it, or you'd end up in the river. <laughs> Can we, I'm talking about coming down Sunday as well. Now we drag it up Sunday as well, and we get a free meal all the way down. Would you Would you go on a, on a hill as steep as Strawberry Hill or something? No, not Strawberry Hill. Just that you go over Vincent's Bridge there and up Wises, up there, up Sunday as well. Then up Wises Key, right? Yeah, we 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 go from the top. I, I mean, literally, uh, the very top. Uh, up by the back road in Cove to the very bottom down by the Camber. Now, that involved at least two um, main roads. Well, not main roads, but roads on which cars could drive. Uh, I know, I, I, I know the area. I've walked in Cove for 14 years. Yeah, so to ta- ta- top to bottom. Uh, down Cottrell's Road. Now, Cottrell's Road, by the way, would shake the hell out of you because it's not a... It's not a flat road. It's a kind of an indented road. Right. Uh, it has all these... As you were going down, right? And uh, But we'd always have a sentry uh, to say, stop halfway up the hill, there's a car coming. There were so few cars at the time, we nearly always didn't meet one. But those were the, those were the days. Uh, what, what, was sta- what was statues, Liam? It seems self-explanatory. Statues, that there was one, one man standing out and across the road and you went towards the other side of the road and he turned his back and he'd call you out and you'd have to hop across the road and then he'd say stop and any movement at all then once he says stop you have to hold the position that you're in you might stand on one leg or put your hand up in the air and you have to stay that way until he gave it the okay to carry on OK or if you but, moved you were, you were out on the last person well, standing but I want you were on about Cove there on hills I remember there was one particular a friend of mine actually from Hedbury Street and he, I, well, he's dead now. I don't know whether I should name him or not, but I, I could name him if it's, I don't know. Just give me his first name. John. Okay. Right, John. That's safe enough, he I'd say. Mess, he was a messenger boy in the, in the English market, and he had a messenger boy's bike. And there was another friend of ours who lived in Peter Street, and he worked in Foley's in Castle Street. And he had his own buddy. And Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, we used to go up to the top of Sunday of um, St. Patrick's Hill, get into the, the, the messenger by bike where the bastard should be, and pull it and would freewheel down Patrick Street, down Patrick's Hill, up Patrick Street, and they'd have a contest to know who would go to Fordust without peddling. Well, and traffic was light on a Sunday morning. There was no traffic there. And if it was, if it was after that, there'd be a guard on, the, on Patrick's Bridge, 
with white um, gloves. I think Cure was in there. So we had to get all that done before the gab went on point, Judy. <laughs> Kiss or torture? <laughs> what was that one? Kiss or torture was, um, yeah, again, it was like chasing and the, the girls would hide away and you go looking for them. And if you caught the girl, then you're that. Or, or vice versa, if, you, if the boys went away, they'd catch them. They could kiss them or torture them. The or was kind of twisting their hand and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you got the Chinese so burn or something? Yeah, and I was a terrible cord. I used to always take the kiss. <laughs> I'd say you were. <laughs> just, to be, just to be sure. Liam? Anyway, you know, I was on there about the skipping rhymes. Right. I have a load of... The, like, um, there's somebody under the bed. I don't know who it is. I got a shock and now the sun. I call my Mary in. Mary light the candle. Mary light the gas. Run in, run out. There's somebody under the bed. Wow. Well, there was, was a load of rhymes. Brilliant. Like happy, that. happy memories. Uh, uh, great happy memories, not a care in the world, and not a penny in our pocket. And I want to talk to you about the mercy if I have a chance. Okay, quickly. We, yeah, we had part the candy buildings are built there on Grattan Street. That was all done left round. All the tenement houses would have to be demolished. And we used to be playing there with that battering matches and everything. And nearly every week and every day, there'd be one of us up in the Mercy Hospital with a straight head or a sore knee or whatever. And we used to have great crack up in the Mercy, four of us, five of us would go up together and we'd play hide and go seek up in the Mercy, ducking the nuns. Oh, brilliant. i got to go. I'm going to play a little bit of music here. Uh, I'll keep you here all day, bye. Thanks a minute. I know you would. Thanks, Liam. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. Coming up on 8 minutes to 11 o'clock, we have lots of free food Friday shout outs to get through with Roosters Piri Piri. Lots of texts on the Chambers and LGBTQ plus community and their protests last night to get through. But I did promise to play a little bit of music and we we're looking for something topical. Keep those calls coming 0818 104 106 or those texts to 086-8104-106. But uh, as we remember the Halcyon days and uh, remember with nostalgia the games, here's a nostalgic song from the 60s about the games people play. Once again, our phone line is 0818-104-106. By text 0868-104-106. Remembering games of happier times, some would say, and uh, some would say the 60s were happier times musically as well. That's Joe South and the games people play, a topical song on the Neil Prendival show this morning. Uh, on the uh, Chambers issue, um, by text, uh, I'm always amazed at just how intolerant the LGBTQ plus community are of any change they don't agree with. Thousands of people at the event, seriously? Most people went for a look and a giggle. Uh, if you're gay, it's your business, says another te- uh, texter. Amazing straight people don't protest over this carry-on or have parades for straight people. I have gay cousins, so I'm not homophobic. But the way the economy is now, pubs do what they can uh, to stay afloat. I'm turning off now, Mick. Uh, why doesn't the LGBTQ plus, uh, Q plus uh, community open their own bar? Or a member of the group invest in a premises, says Patty. LGBTQ, it's, there's so many letters being added now, I'm getting confused myself. LGBTQIA plus people have more rights than me now. That mob last night were protesting against a private business who've been great employers down through the years. Pride celebrations have been going on for the last three months. 
My grandfather fought in World War II and we get to celebrate for one day in June every year. Inclusive for them, but the LGBT community ask for equality. How is any of this equal? Uh, and there are many more. If the LGBT community uh, got all the rights they were looking for, they still wouldn't be happy. Attention is what they thrive on. If they had their rights and no one bothered them, uh, they would find something to protest about. Attention, attention. That's why they're hassled. People are sick of them. OK, I've got about two minutes left, so I've got to get to the Free Food Friday mentions. Roosters, Piri Piri and Douglas. We're going to feed 15 people. Uh, the food is just amazing. Chicken wings, skewers, beef skewers, chicken wraps, pittas, beef burgers. Uh, of course, uh, the big flavour is the uh, famous medium peri-peri sauce. And they throw in peri-salted fries and rice and waffle fries. For, so something for everybody. Uh, and you can dip into the peri mayo or garlic mayo and design your own cheesecake as well. Hi, Mike. My name is Tom Kenny, the New Holland service manager with Cabinets of Fromoy. Uh, we are daily listeners to Red FM, but never put our name in as we're very shy here in Fromoy. We're a quiet lot as we work hard and a hungry bunch of Ford and New Holland mechanics, parts, service and salesmen. Please consider the shy bunch of guys and girls for Grub today. That's from Tom. Hi there, I'm texting uh, for the Roosters Piri Piri Lunch Giveaway. I'm a mum of three young children and I've returned to full-time education in Kinsale College of Further Education. I'm studying childcare. I'd love this for my class. We would really appreciate a provided lunch today. It's our first week back. So return to business with school runs, homework and college assignments. Uh, I'm soaked this morning after two school runs and starting class now. At 10 a.m., please consider me today. Uh, kind regards, says Anne-Marie Lynch. Lunch for all at Ross Oil and Fernand's. We'd love to win the free food Friday here at Headway and Ballancolic. Northside Tires on the old Mallow Road would love the free lunch, please. All at operations and transport staff at National Seaways in the port of Tivoli. Hope you all have a great weekend. We love listening to the programme and we'll even share with our neighbours Leaside Shipping, Free Fruit Friday for the hardworking staff at Drina National School, Finbar Galvins and Bandon would love a treat. Aoife at reception doesn't feel like going out in the rain and making the long trip to the shop for everyone. Oh, that's your job on a Friday, Aoife, is it? Uh, I hope it's not every day. Free Food Friday for Cork Flower Studio on Douglas Street and for all the staff and owners. Uh, they are simply the best and amazing and keep me blooming just like the flowers. I'd love if they were to win it. Free Food Friday for Striker Springhill, NS Cell in Carrick Tool. Love the lunch for all the amazing childcare staff of Ray of Sunshine in Cork, says Linda Kelleher. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. And a very good morning at nine minutes past 11 to Irene Healy. Hi, Irene. Good morning, Mick. How are you? I'm very good. Now, I, you, you sound I, fine, I, fit, I, happy and well. I was listening to the lads there about long ago, and I just said, we're a generation that's passing and unfortunately will never return. Okay. Because, yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, when the elderly person dies, a library really is lost and volumes of wisdom, knowledge and all that are gone. But look, we can't mourn what's lost. We have to celebrate what's remained. That's very positive. And we're here to talk about something specific. But can I just maybe put you slightly on the spot and say, what are your memories? Where did you live growing up? What were your memories of games, maybe of dating, getting married, whatever? Well, I lived in um, a little ghetto in, in Powraddy Harbour. Shandon View was the name of the houses. And there was lots of families there, fantastic families and friends and um, you know we, we were only it's near the Heineken I know this, uh, the, there. Sorry, I, yeah. uh, my, my, my friends and, are all members of the Powell Reddy Harbour 
golf club or golf society uh, forms in oh, Pad yeah. Pad Johnson's pub. That's right, yeah. But um, you know, we have lovely memories of you know uh, scraps and as as all the lads said, they're all those games. You now we all played gobs and marbles and you know um, anything really skipping. Two balls, as they used to say, with the balls up in the wall. And um, we just had wonderful... Like, we were never afraid. We were played hide-and-seek, maybe in the dark. And, you know, it it was wonderful. Lovely, lovely memories. But then they were very safe times. And I can see now, you know, with my own grandchildren, they can't do that, you know. But in saying that, I know they give... um, children a lot of stick now but my grandchildren's friends and they're very young and you'd see now how they're sponsoring me with their little bit of change and uh, you know that's for Ben's Nana and Alex Nana and you know five euro it's wonderful they really are tremendous so Irene the remarkable thing about you is that your 80th birthday is coming up so you were born during the war were you? no 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 no, it's gone. Gone? I was 80 on the 3rd of September. Well, my apologies. I thought it was coming up and I was going to wish you no, a happy birthday. No, no. I wish no, you had no. a, you've, you've had a happy birthday then. I had a wonderful, it's still going on, Mick. I am celebrating every day because, uh, you know, they made us, spe- I didn't want a party and we went out to lunch, my grandchildren, children, their husbands, wives, and um, we went to the Lee Valley and we had a lovely afternoon lunch there. And then um, my cousin surprised me with a, a trip to London and my children came with me and he had a limousine and we went to the Ritz and, oh, I'm telling you now, we had a great time. So it's still going on because, you know, when I came back, I went out to lunch with my sister and celebrated another birthday there with balloons and whatever. And do you know, look, it's it's just so wonderful. So many of my friends are gone. And that's what inspired me. I have one long standing friend of sixty six years, Maura Denny, Maura Ford. And she was a great, great, great walker. I didn't. I never liked walking. And she can't. Now, she had a turn there about three years ago, and she can't do that. Her mobility is very restricted. Okay, Pete, you, you, um, you've already mentioned that uh, your grandchildren are giving you a little bits of change. You've already mentioned, uh, you, know, you know, kind of fundraising and the fact that uh, your friend was a walker. But you, for your 80th birthday, are going to do the Echo Mini Marathon. I am. I'm, I'm going walking it now. And that's what inspired me was the fact that I can still walk, thank God. And I thought, what will I do to mark my 80th? And I was sitting one day, and because I've been fundraising with Enable Ireland in a small way now uh, for the past 33 years, um, I thought, you know, I'll do it for them. And they need the services, you know, they need the fundraising so much that every little helps. It won't be great, but at least, you know, they they started off small and um, my cousin 
started the fundraising and Hagerty and way back 33 years ago and they were in the Cox Bastard Clinic which was the Lavana in Ballin Temple and um, we we started off the fundraising at the time Mick, with um, Michael Crute won the um, gold for Ireland and we came up with the idea that the 20 pence at the time was a gold coin and um, we, she emailed or whatever they did then, wrote to all the schools and asked if every child cont- could contribute 20 pence. Um, it would go towards the, the Lavana Centre at the time, which is now in Abel Ireland. And we raised 6,900 at the time, which was pounds. And that was a lot of money 33 years ago. And it's gone on from them. Oh, fantastic. I've got a friend, Irene, and he's a very positive outlook in life, pretty much like yourself. And he has this old saying, if you can open the bulbs in the morning and put the two paws out in the ground, you're winning (laughs) straight away. There you go. You're winning straight away. Can I I mention the the health hiccups that you've had along the way? Uh, because you've had quite a few. You had TB when you were 16. You got malaria in 1988 when you went to your brother's wedding in Africa. You ended up in hospital missing uh, one of your kids' communions. You also had a bit of a lung removed four years ago. I had cancer four years ago, cancer of the lung, and I had uh, a lobe removed, you know. But I'm grand. Yeah. I'm grand. I'm up and on. You're not and mourning what's I'm lost, but celebrating what remains. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's my positivity because I think once you, as you say, your friend, you can get up in the morning and stand and get out. That's it. Now, I wouldn't be the greatest walker, I must say. I go to the shops and I'd walk around town if I was in town. But with Bannon College so much here now, I don't get to town that often. But, you know, it's great. I'm I'm just reading from an interview you gave, was it to the Echo? Uh, and to Emma, Emma Connolly yes, Emma Connolly, yeah, but here's what you said to Emma To be honest, I don't even own a pair of runners and I don't usually walk further than the shop <laughs> which is near to my house but I'm going to give the mar- mini marathon my best shot I'm going to give it a lash and rake in the cash for Enable <laughs> Ireland <laughs> You're a poet and you don't know it How can people support your fundraising efforts for Enable when, Ireland? When my grandson now I'm not very technical now, Mick but my grandson, um, he he set me up on Revolut. I'm terrified of it now in case that the money, if I press the wrong button, will go to Putin or somewhere like that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, they 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 put it up on Facebook, I think, and I don't know. But my daughter um, has Revolut as well, and I have sponsor cards, so. Anyone can revolute through my phone number, but I I don't know what to do, but they would, anyone that has revolute. So the children now, with their little small donations, I'm so, so impressed with them, the young children. And, you know, uh, my grandson went to uh, his school across the road, Colossal Column, and um, God love us, the teachers there, should they all... It was wonderful. Absolutely. I thought I might make 100 euro. And I'd say I'm going into nearly 2,000. 
Oh, fantastic. Because I was, gonna, I was thinking you're probably limiting yourself a little with Revolut because to for somebody to Revolut you, they're going to have to give you your uh, mobile phone number or phone number. Uh, maybe okay. an email will do. I don't know. But I mean, we can't give that out over I, the air I, anyway. I don't know either because as I say, I'm not technical but like you know the services in Enable Ireland needed so much because they moved over to Corraheen and they built a lovely lovely unit in the old sports club, the old ESB sports club and it cost seven and a half million and the government I think gave around two million and there's still half a million left to raise and like all the services there which I was saying to my grandchildren because they wouldn't know, like the speech therapy and physiotherapy. And, you know, they, they have a beautiful hydrotherapy pool and um, have a respite house. And, you know, a small contribution will make such a difference to uh, a child that needs the mm-hmm. services. You know, when, when they're talking about the 600 points in the Leaving Cert, I think of... The child one day uh, that said, Mammy, through the computer, and the, the mother was so, so, so happy and cried that that was his first word, and that all happened in Enable Ireland. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote Emma Connolly again for, for you, Irene. Uh, Emma Connolly said, Her appetite for life is infectious and inspiring. Uh, also, I read in the article, You've No Fear of Dying. Uh, because you'd celebrate meeting up with everyone you'd loved in life, and that's how you look at it. Yeah, I'm not afraid of dying at all, because so many lovely, lovely people have gone before me. And I think, and I know for a certain, that they're out there. I do know. But that's another day's work and another story. And I think, you know, that uh, I will one day be with them all again. And I have no fear. Now I'm eighty. You know the time is coming near. Or now maybe, maybe I'd be worse when, uh, when, when it does come. But no, at the moment I don't have any fear, Emma, because I have. I was blessed with great faith, and you know, I suppose it came from my grandmother, because long ago I did walk a lot. Then we went to every confraternity meeting, every sodality meeting, every third order, and Saint Anthony. And every day she went to the church. And I think it kind of instilled a little bit of the faith in me. And uh, any tips for a I long would, and healthy life, Irene? No, I like chocolate. I like cake. I like cream. I like red meat. So I do all the wrong things. But, you know, I suppose you have to be positive too and just get on with it. All right. Know? Now, you, you did the mini-marathon about 30 years ago with your sister. but I'm I did with my sister and my sister-in-laws, and we had a great time. And I think it was for the Cork Spastic Clinic at the time. So yeah. um, it's still going on now. And it, and it was only really now to mark my 80th, because I didn't want a party. And I just thought, I'll do it for thinking now like that, you know, it would be. But it, it, people were so impressed that there's... There, they're very, very good in supporting it, you know, and it's going to a very good cause. Well, I think a lot of listeners uh, will be heartened by your attitude for life. A lot of people will be taking uh, taking little tips off you, getting back on the <laughs> chocolate and the cream cakes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I that, know, that's my excuse I know. for the day anyway. You're grateful for your I health, know, Irene. You, you, 
You're going to enjoy Neil, the moment. Lovely to talk to you, and you did a great job when Neil was away. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, and thanks very much. Know. I'm here again on Monday, but and and. and but, All right, uh, right. But he'll right. be back. He'll be back soon. Um, one, one, one thing that made me laugh uh, because you did the mini marathon before uh, was a comment you made. Now this time round, I won't be doing any any training. I'm just going to show up on the day. Yeah, I made a hat and all. I I I made a hat out of um, uh, one of the t-shirts. So I'd be sporting my my hat for Enable Ireland, and it's all decorated with the donate and whatever. I was laughing as my mother would say, I think you're off your game, but anyway <laughs> it's it's uh, it's lovely and I'm going to wear that Okay. Good news for your fundraising. We don't have to give out your personal number. You can donate to Irene on the Enable Ireland website. Thanks Claire. You can donate to Ireland on the Enable Ireland website. Just use uh, her name Irene as the subject. So you can go on to the oh, Naval Ireland oh, website, listen. put in Irene. Uh, somebody got in touch to tell us that. Thanks very much. Uh, just use Irene as the subject. So maybe we'll see if we can blast way past the two grand now. Oh, my God, Mick, that would be amazing. Absolutely wonderful for all the much-deserving services. And you see, they have to buy the equipment as well. So that's why the fundraising exactly. has to has to keep going. You well know? done. Best of luck. I'm my, sure you'll be my... cheered along the way as well. <laughs> and and sure Irene, th- thanks for bringing so much positivity to the airwaves on this dreary Friday morning. I know. And listen, fingers crossed, please God, that will be fine anyway. We don't want any great heat, but just that will be dry, that they won't all get pneumonia out of it. And listen, well done to all all the deserving charities that the Mini Marathon will be um supporting because there are so many and all so so well deserved all those charities so I'm just doing one but I'm sure other people will be doing it for much much deserved charities I'm just looking at the charts, Sunday's going to be a, a rainy foggy misty day so make sure you cover up well Irene alright I'd be sweating <laughs> Thanks a million and good morning Have a great right. weekend Thank you. Best of Thank luck Sunday you. Thanks bye bye This is the Neil Prenderville Show Text in WhatsApp 086 8104 Gorks Red FM Good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show 28 minutes after 11 and I'm happy to be joined on the line by Katrina Redmond of the Irish Examiner Good morning Katrina Good morning, Mick. How are you? Very good. Now, I mentioned in our newspaper review earlier in the week an article you wrote. It really caught my attention. It's very engaging. Uh, but we couldn't get you that day. You're so busy. Uh, but but you're you're an expert on, on this topic anyway. Uh, let me just paraphrase it here. With the cost of food causing upset at the tills, consumers are also mm-hmm. starting to realise that the price they pay now results in taking home less food in the shop. This has coined the term shrinkflation. So the cost of food has continued to increase over 18 months and the shopping receipts carry an extra bit of ouch factor for us all. Uh, But then when you get home, you're finding there's only six crisps in that bag and in this multi-pack and that kind of thing. So is is that shrinkflation? Pretty much. So shrinkflation is, is a term which is now in the Collins English Dictionary, which is really interesting. And it describes a reduction in the price of a packaged food item or any item, let's say, for example, a chocolate bar, but while the price remains the same. And I suppose the biggest one that everybody would be familiar with is actually not related to the cost of living crisis directly. And that's the Cadbury's Tin of Roses. 
Um, and, and I know I don't want to start talking about Christmas because, like, <laughs> who wants to be talking about Christmas even though it's that kind of weather today? Yeah, the ads um, are on already. All the hotels are trying to book their Christmas parties. And, and oh, go, oh, thank God for Halloween or we'd be playing full-on Christmas ads oh, now at the start of so, September. This is it. But if you go on the supermarket, you'll see that the Cadbury's Roses tins are already out. So at the moment, I'm not going to mention this, the supermarket, but using um, their um, loyalty club card, um, you can buy a tin of roses, a 550 gram tin of roses for €6.50. So that's today, September 2023. But back in 2011, a tin of roses was 975 grams. That's 25 grams short of a kilo. They were huge, heavy things, yeah. Now, now there's, you know, I, I thought I saw them on sale last year for a fiver. Maybe that was on yeah. the run into Christmas when they would loads of stock or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you still getting value out of the tin of roses if the price is the same but the weight is less? Well, of course you're not. Um, like it, the, the weight is very, very close to halved in the space of just over ten years. So that's, I suppose, the starkest. Um, that, that's the easiest way to explain shrinkflation because everybody knows that roses tins either contain best chocolates or a sewing kit. So, <laughs> um, so, so here we are uh, in, in, in today's you know environment under the cost of living crisis when the cost of food and the cost of energy and the cost of production rose over the last couple of years. Manufacturers felt like they couldn't pass on the costs of all of that food to us, the consumer. So what they did instead was they either reduced the volume or the quantity of the products that they were selling and kept the price the same, or, and this is an interesting one, they reduced the quality of the ingredients and Ah, kept the price the same. To fine-tune their profit levels. Yeah, exactly. And and have you come across, I don't want to be brand-shaming here, but have have you come across brands in your research where this is very evident? There are coffee pods. I'm not, I'm not, I don't really want to be brand shaming, but I mean, I'm saying this from my own experience as well. We, re, we did recently survey Irish Examiner readers and they came back onto us as, in their droves and gave us feedback on different products that they had noticed this shrinkflation effect. And one of them was Tassimo coffee pods. Um, and as it happens, I have a Tassimo machine at, uh, machine at home and the packaging went from holding um, 16 to holding 12. So now if you wanted to buy Americano pods, there's 12 in the pack rather than 16. So that's, you're losing four cups of coffee out of that. And the price? So, still the same. Okay. So that's yeah. shrinkflation. Yeah, big time. Yeah, Pro- product amount shrinking, price staying the same. Uh, yeah. And, I, I, and is, is, is there an element that it's because grocery shopping is done with, with our discretionary income? We have to, we have to eat and drink at home. Um, and you know the price of electricity, your mortgage, your your oil, whatever your coal, um, we have to heat at home. But we're always very aware of the carbon taxes or the delivery prices, or, or how much the liter of oil is going up. Let's get it in before the minister puts another carbon tax on it, etc. But with the discretionary income, we, we go around to fill the trolley, and for me anyway, just get the hell out of the shop. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing as well because because the discretionary income is what you've got left over at the end of the week or the end of the month. It's not, you know, it's not income that you're guaranteed. So, you know, we all know it's all, it's all happened. You get a big electricity bill and all of a sudden you look at your discretionary income and think, well, we're eating on a tray of eggs and, and, and a bag of spuds for a couple of days to make sure that the bill is paid. So when there's less 
value in what you're buying in the supermarket. You're looking at your discretionary income and suddenly realising it's not stretching as far as you thought it would. And then you're pinched at one side by the increased cost of living from energy prices, cost of fuel, mortgage rent, etc. And you're pinched on the other side because you're not getting the value in your shopping basket or your supermarket trolley and you're looking at much less value that you're taking home. But in, in as much as the term shrinkflation, Katrina Redmond, and I know you're an expert here because you're the food and cost of living writer with the Irish Examiner, uh, you know, in as much as it's a newly coined or, or you know, not novelty term, shall we say, uh, in as much as it is, when it happens, it's really, really adding to the real price of inflation because you're getting less product to bring home for the same price. Absolutely it is. And the CSO, to the best of my knowledge, does not report on the reduced volume. They're reporting on, on say, for example, you know, the cost of a, of, of a litre of milk. And interestingly, that volume of a litre of milk is is a volume that's, unlikely to change we have a very strong connection with particular volume sizes but but for the processed and the produced items that's where we notice it and it's not necessarily something that we see in the news but we certainly notice this in the weight of what we're taking home or the value of what we're taking home i mean take a look at you know a dozen eggs you know it's highly unlikely that producers are going to offer us 11 eggs in a tray we're always going to be offered a dozen eggs. So you're unlikely to experience shrinkflation in, in very basic products. That has to know, be price like, increase then. Yeah. 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 And well, so, one, one, so. one of the people you surveyed was Laura McNally, uh, who noticed the effects of shrinkflation. She, uh, she said, I bought classic dishwashing tablets, 110 of them, for nine ninety nine for the past few years. And now they've suddenly changed to a 70-pack for seven ninety nine, And it may seem cheaper uh, it's the same type of box, just less in it, but they may seem cheaper. But then she went and did her actual sums. The cost of one dishwasher tablet increased from 9.1 cent to 11.4 cent, or an increase of about 20%, according to her calculations. That is fine-tuning the profit for the dishwasher tablet manufacturer. It, it, it absolutely is. And actually, we go on to say that the cost of running the dishwasher is more expensive as well at the moment obviously because of the cost of energy. So so it's a double whammy, actually. Are you better off going back and washing the dishes in the sink? Yeah, so, you know, whereas the government in their upcoming budget will probably target the hard-pressed middle and probably give tax breaks and, ta- and tax cuts, uh, they're not going very far because of this. No, they're not. And, and at the end of the day, it's the consumer who suffers. So it's the families, it's the people who are trying to put food on the table. It's when you have a fixed budget for your food every week and you're not getting as much out of it, well, then people are going to go without. And, and I hate to keep on you know, harping on and mentioning you know, winter is coming, but winter is coming. And energy prices, while there have been redu- reductions announced in the last week, then the, the prices themselves are going to remain fairly high I reckon in the next year or so so families are still going to find it very very difficult when they start putting back on the heating trying to pay the bills and trying to put the food on the table and And just 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 the tip I think from your article for people if you purchase weight-based loose items that's kind of insulating you from the effects of the smaller package sizes Uh, and and, you know we all love the the fun size bars and all of that but I'm not talking about that for instance uh, on a personal note, I, I, I'm starting to get great value, I believe, from my local butcher. And that's all weight related. Uh, everything is, is weighed and, and, and priced. Uh, and so I, I've kind of stopped buying prepackaged steaks and, and, and meats and that kind of thing uh, from the supermarket shelf and doing it there 
it's it's you'd feel it's a bit fresher, freshly cut. The steaks are freshly cut, and and they're weighed. So is is there a is there a tip there for somebody? Go go for oh, go yeah. for weighed goods rather than pre-processed and pre-packaged Absolutely. goods. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go for weighed goods where you can. Go to your local grocers, pick up your fruit and veg locally, local farmers market, butchers, support your local producers because they're also struggling at the moment. So the more we support the Irish producers, the more we're supporting the economy. And hopefully over time, you know, you're supporting local jobs, people in the community, and that will make the difference. And and the volume based foods are the ones where you are going to do better like and 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 the pre-processed foods they're the ones that you the producers can tweak around with the volume inside of the packages with the quality of the ingredients so so when you go to the producer when you go to the horse's mouth so to speak then you are going to do better okay but the main message here is watch out for shrinkflation watch out for similarly priced as you used to pay uh, packaging that's containing less product and if you see anything stark and if you see anything uh, that might be of benefit to pass on to the people listening then please get in touch with the programme Katrina Redmond, thank you very much your food and cost of living writer with the Irish Examiner uh, and I hope that, uh, is that article available online because it made for very engaging reading It is absolutely available online it's available on the Irish Examiner website um, uh, it, it is, I believe, um, free to those who read so long as as you haven't read a limit of articles, but I can recommend a subscription as always. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> yeah. when, when you read enough, they'll ask you for a few bob to, to continue to read online, which is the way yeah. things are going. Okay, yeah. thanks a million. Thanks a million. Thanks, thanks cheers. Bye-bye. Let's do some more Free Food Friday mentions. Uh, winners with Piri Piri, uh, Roosters Piri Piri in Douglas and Blackpool. Uh, getting everything from the uh, assorted mayos thrown in to top off the piri salted fries, rice and waffle fries, chicken wraps, chicken pitas, beef burgers, beef skewers, chicken skewers, chicken wings, all basted in the famous medium piri piri sauce. And build your own cheesecake as well with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. Uh, free Food Friday for all the gang at GC Autos in Fromoy and Mitchellstown. Janice, the celebrant at Bespoke Wedding Ceremonies. Uh, having a serious chat with the child of Prague. Uh, hi Mick, will you please give a big shout out to the great boys and girls at the Bark Park in Ballinahina. They take care of our lovely dogs. They're a great group of caring friends. Thank you. The Bark Park. Uh, that's a good name. Staff at Dosco South Douglas Road would love Free Food Friday. Thanks a million. Rebecca and Amy here in Bex Pets, uh, Bex Pets Dog Grooming Salon in Fromoy. Free Food Friday for the Ebo Home Rescue at the Marina Commercial Park. Uh, the ladies in the CRC Admin Building in CUH for Rooster's Lunch. All such hard workers, says Sarah. I'd like to nominate the team in Garrettstown Brothers of Charity who have a respite centre there. The residents are looked after by fantastic staff who care for the adults with special needs and who uh, who themselves are also great individuals and would love a special treat, says Morris Healy. Uh, we'd all love uh, and enjoy your free food Friday. Our company is Sage. We're working in Dasco Business Park in Douglas. Fifth Avenue and Oliver Plunkett Street deserve a treat. AP Vaughan Recycling in, to- in Tower. Tower. Uh, Claire O'Brien in the switchboard department of the CUH. James O'Keefe here from Adapt IT in Black Rock. We deserve it. We keep uh, connected and maintaining IT infrastructure across the city and county. All the hardworking staff in Focus Ireland, it's been a very busy week. Uh, Diva Clothing, Grona Broher, Tracy and Swim Teachers at Mayfield Sports Complex, Denise and all the hardworking childcare staff 
A Little Hands Child Care on Redemption Road, Blackpool. The Cross River Ferry Gang uh, in Cove, uh, or in, I suppose, Carrigaloe, or in Glenbrook. Uh, how would we get you, lads, if we're on the other side of the river? Now, we'd wait for you, of course. Shout out to Tommy and all the lads in the evening shift in CE1A in Boston Scientific. And now to the dream job for many people who are listening today. From Granada, Chris McShortle joins us on line two. <coughs> Morning to you, Chris. Hi, Mike, how's it going? Do you know what they're calling you now? Okay, let's preface this little interview by saying we always advocate responsible drinking, so please drink responsibly. But you got a job, and I have to say that again a job tasting beer. Tasting beer. It's not exactly a full time job, but yeah, they call it a job and. Yeah, should be good. Okay, how did you get a job tasting beer? I mean, it wasn't exactly a lengthy interview process. I just <laughs> sent them an email with my favourite beer from Aldi and why I think I'd be qualified and picture of my ID and that was it, I think. Yeah, I'm not one for the craft beers, but what, what, what do you find? Have you tried them all to find the one you like or what? No, I mean, you're going in blind a lot of the time and you just have to, I suppose, find out what you like. At least, at least it's not expensive as buying a bottle of wine. Absolutely. Yeah, so you you got um, you, you got the you got the green light, and um, I'm not asking the salary or anything now, but obviously you're getting <laughs> some reward for it. So what are you going to yeah. do? Review pints from pubs around Ireland, or review just just Aldi products? No, they sent me 15 bottles of their own beer to taste for the moment, and a hundred euro gift card, and I think I have to review those in the next week or two, and then they'll be sending me another shipment. I think it's the end of this month for their Oktoberfest launch. Okay. And what what um, range of beers are available, or what range have they sent you? Can, can you tell us the difference? Uh, sent me a decent selection. Uh, a few of their own brands, and a few from breweries around Ireland. Um, I've only had a chance to taste maybe one or two of them at this stage. Now, almost get into it this weekend. When you when you say taste, it's not like tasting wine and spitting it out, is it? You probably savor the whole bottle over an hour or something, would you? Uh, I suppose half an hour. Maybe half an hour. Less if you're in <laughs> if you're in a rush, but. Uh, you can't really spit out beer if you want to taste it properly. You have to swallow it to get the bitterness from the hops in your throat. And that's how you taste beer properly, apparently. Yeah, you seem to know yourself. Of course, Cork has a great and growing tradition uh, of uh, developing and brewing these craft beers. It does. Um, yeah, I would have been a fan of Franciscan Well there now for the past few years. Um, I'd go to the breweries around Cork. But we got into this originally. We, myself, one of my friends, Steve, we started an Instagram about three years ago reviewing Pints of Stout around Cork, and that's kind of how we got into this. Okay, beer enthusiasts across Ireland applied. Chris really stood out to us, says John Curtin, Group Buying Director at Aldi. Uh, we're proud to offer customers a vast range of great quality, affordable, and award winning beers in stores nationwide. We're delighted to have Chris on board and to have his input when choosing the autumn winter beer range. So well, well done on landing the job and best of luck shaking off the Gatman nickname for the rest of your life. Thanks very much for that. Thanks a million, Chris. Best of luck Cheers, with Mike. it. Take That's care. Chris McShortall, who is Aldi's official beer taster. What an unbelievable beer-leavable job. No, it doesn't work. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. It's 12 minutes to 12 midday on this Friday and as is our want, we play out with some live music and we're joined by three incredible musicians in studio. They are Kean, uh, Tony and Peter 
and they are the Burma. And the Burma, I know, are from Cove because you're named after the famous Burma Steps. That's right, Mick. Yeah, uh, okay. I know all about them, it's it. Uh, Burma Steps, I didn't live in that end of town, but the Burma Steps are the ones that you had to trudge up and they're very steep. Uh, if you lived up around the Ramblers area and you couldn't get a taxi home after the nightclub. So <laughs> I, I know of them and I have history of them here, but I don't think we'll have time because I'd rather talk about your music uh, than the Burma Steps. We'll do something else on the Burma Steps down the line. Kean, you're originally from Doolan. Yeah. I'm O'Connor's proud man, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Born uh, and bred. All living in Cove now. Um, so I'm I'm still in Doolan. So, still in but Doolan, I yeah. lived here for eight or nine years and I moved home during COVID. Okay. That, that, so when I moved here eight or nine years ago, that's when I met the two lads. You guys from Cove? Yeah, me and Peter from Cove. Okay, yeah. probably know your extended families, but we won't <laughs> have time to go into that either. Uh, so I believe your influences are the Smiths and uh, Tame Impala, and you are fresh off the uh, off the festival circuit. You played all together now. Yeah, yeah. did it all together now. A um, couple other ones during the summer, and we did our first. UK show there as well in, in uh, July so we've had a busy enough summer now right yeah. Okay so describe the Burma to me as a band what, what what type of music and what sort of ambition do you have? We'd be on the pop side of rock and roll uh, we're releasing our second album uh, next month on the 6th of October it's called Crazy Dreams and Cruel Realities and um, we're doing an album launch in St. Luke's in Cork on the 14th Okay, and so we're kind of just building towards that all right, and uh, the live at stlukes.com website is available there. Now, we always ask people to come in with a, an original and a cover. Let's do the original just in case the Pope dies and you have to leave. <laughs> if I have to stop the show, right? Uh, they brought us all the way in and we only got to play a cover. Uh, at least if I shut up, you'll be able to get, it to, the, get to the music. Let's do the original. What's it called? Uh, it's just our new single. It's called Holiday. Okay. The Burma. One, two, three, four. I know you don't feel pretty tonight under siege of Atlantic January skies, and now another year starts slipping away from you. Sat at the windowsill You need a holiday Forget your cares But your son
stairs with your sun-kissed heart and your beach blonde hair. And I know the day will come when you outrun your shadow. Can I just say, you sit up here in two minutes. Electric Fender guitar, Fender Strat. You got the uh, acoustic there. Didn't even, you didn't even have the mic down to the guitar. Uh, and you doing the percussion. That's the best sound we've ever had. Uh, well, I do, I'm not saying that. Normally we take a band in the back studio with fold back and with everything else and everything, about an hour to set up. Uh, and you've achieved it here in literally two minutes during the ad break. Uh, if we don't get the cover in, we're, we're going to run out of time. So I'll ask you for a quick version of which song have you chosen? Uh, we're going to do Friday and Love Scene. Is this Friday and all that? Okay. The Cure. Rob Smith and The Cure. Here we go with the Burma. <laughs> Thursday, I don't care about you. 
So from the Burma, you can get uh, tickets for their upcoming gig on October 14. Sorry to cut you short there, lads. <laughs> www.liveatstlukes.com. Uh, and I think there's still a Cove connection to come uh, on the programme tonight, uh, uh, today. And that is uh, our Free Food Friday winners. Hello to Bronx. And all at Hyper Professional. Not too bad. You're texting in for quite a long time there. They're going to think I had something to do with this, but believe me, I'm sitting here with the the Burma. Um, So well done to all at Hepper and Professional, a hungry crew there. Can we get any bit of noise out of you? Any time you want it now. You ready? (laughs) Ready? Go on, off you go. Yeah. Three, two, one. Enjoy the grub, uh, the grub, guys. You've been trying for a long, long time. I thanks to the show's producers, Seamus Whelan and Sarah Connor. I am back on Monday morning, but Neil Prendival will return soon. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.